everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. I'm Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran, out here at Mile High after a disappointing night for Broncos country, 30-6 to shellacking by the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes, pretty much dominated in all facets of the game tonight, Ryan. Yeah, this was a complete nutter. But whooping, as Shelby Harris said afterwards, we got our ass thoroughly kicked. They did. I mean, the defense hung in there for a little bit, but they didn't really make any plays either. No, they got no turnovers. They weren't able to make t- you know life tough for Matt Moore. They uh, I mean sacked him once in garbage time, but all the momentum that the Broncos felt they built up in the last two weeks that's gone. All the confidence that they should have had coming into this game that should be gone too. So. Now comes the tough stuff because this schedule is pretty brutal, especially on the road. They got five of the next seven on the road. You know, reassessing this season, it's going back to nowhere now. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders said a couple weeks ago they're living in a world of suck. They may be back to that. They may be back to that residence now. Well, and looking forward here, I mean, it, it seemed to in a lot of people's minds that this was kind of a make-or-break game for the Broncos season. With that 0-4 start coming in, Kansas City had looked vulnerable, dropping two in a row. If they could win tonight, they could cut the deficit in the division to just one game. Now it's a three-game hole. Yeah, and me now you're now you're in last place. You know, you and you're looking up at three teams, and you know this is seven games in the season now. Time is running short. You know. I don't see any reason why this team can get hot and win road games against good teams. And you hit it right on the head, Kyle. This Chiefs team came here vulnerable. Patrick Holmes was nicked up with the ankle. They were down two offensive linemen. They were down Sammy Watkins. Their rush defense hadn't stopped anybody. They hadn't created a lot of pressure, yet they did all those things tonight. Emphasis on the pressure. Uh, you, you wrote about that online and in tomorrow's paper, Friday's paper, excuse me, nine sacks, Joe Flacco sacked a career high eight times. The previous high was six. So he was under siege the whole night. What were some of the guys in the locker room saying about that? Yeah, it was a uh, dismal room, in, dismal mood in the locker room, especially with that offensive line. I talked to Connor McGovern, McGovern in the center and basically said, hey, we got to go back and look in the mirror. Also him, uh, Philip Lindsay, they stressed that the Chiefs were doing a lot of things that they had not seen on film blitzing super heavily especially throughout the first half and Denver just couldn't get their blitz pickup in order tonight yeah I mean they had a problem the last couple weeks with unblocked pressures but Flacco would still be able to get rid of the ball tonight it happened like that I mean under three seconds quarterback doesn't have any time I'll start with Garrett Bowles three holding penalties two enforced he wasn't the only problem and that's not a defense of Garrett that's a fact of life Elijah Wilkinson a right tackle he struggled now you think maybe another 10 days for Juwan James to come back after he's been out since week one. Interior-wise, as McGovern pointed out, they got some different looks that you know maybe they weren't prepared for. But you know, this is pro football. You're pro, you got to be able to adjust to, to what teams are presenting to you in terms of what their uh, blitzes are. So the shocking thing was they couldn't run it. Um, they ran it 21 times for 71 yards, totally misleading. In the first half, it was 11 times for 23 yards. This was against a Chiefs defense that was 30th in the league, had been gashed by the Colts and the Texans, and the, and the Broncos just couldn't couldn't get any traction. And when this team when this team doesn't run the ball, their offense is doomed because when Joe Flacco has to throw more than 30 times, it's not going to be good. But that said, they used two penalties to drive down the field first, you know, get a touchdown for Royce Freeman. My first net to pick is going for two. Um, and Vic Fangio basically said after the game, it's probably not going to happen again. You know, the analytics said this. Well, he listened to the data, 
the data did work. That said, okay, if you're going to go for two, use Freeman or Janovich a little more bulk there instead of Lindsey. He had no shot even reaching the goal line. So that and the fake punt were the two major takeaways from that first half. Yeah, and going for two there, I mean, the Broncos come down, score in the opening drive. They take the momentum. After that stuff, two-point conversion, it was basically all Kansas City from then on out. You mentioned the the punt, the fake punt. That was just an absolute disaster. Uh, and you mentioned the nine sacks. That is a franchise record against Kansas City, surpassing the eight sacks. That was the previous record. Also, the third worst mark in franchise history, records 11. They haven't given up this many sacks, nine sacks, since 19. 1983. That was John Elway's rookie year. I think him and DeBerg played that game. Um, this was a complete, you know, a total system breakdown. And, you know, Vic Fangio said after the game, he goes, it's disappointing. Kicking game let him down. Defense really didn't make a lot of plays after the first quarter and a half. And then the offense was lost. I mean, they got to use some self-reflection time here as a coaching staff. Okay, I know they're down bodies, but so is every other team. How do you adjust? Do you have to simplify things do you have to go with more seven and eight man protections to get it to Cortland Sutton to give Flacco at least time it didn't look like he, they really adjusted Joe Flacco's drops um, he was still going five steps back and I'll, I'll raise one more other issue Noah Fant is looks like his confidence is shattered right now a couple more drops tonight yep, and those were catchable balls down the field at some point Flacco's gonna say can't trust him gotta go somewhere else this is a first-round draft pick. They need him to turn a corner here in the second half of this season, or the last nine games, excuse me. So I, I would try to put him in positions where he doesn't really have to move while catching. I mean, that sounds like a Pop Warner term, but maybe throw him a screen like he scored a touchdown on. Get some stuff going with Noah because that's going to help uh, Sutton and uh, Sanders. And even more disheartening, we, we mentioned it, but Patrick Mahomes going out, looked like he dislocated his kneecap down by the goal line on the quarterback sneak. You would think that would kind of be maybe a momentum turn. Uh, no, Kansas City gets a scoop and score a couple minutes later, and they really couldn't capitalize on that on that at all and more came in he was 10 for 19 for 117 yards you know he he wasn't John Elway in there but he was at least efficient yeah um you know he's he's this was he said 30 career starts and they signed him after training camp when Chad Henney uh broke his ankle he Chad was going to be the backup so when more came in I was like, okay, do they pressure him? But he's a veteran. He'll know how to get his, get his hot read done. Do they give it to McCoy a lot? You know, he ended up having 12 carries only. So I, mean, I look like they just ran their basic offense, um, you know, when Mahomes went out. So, But it was the league MVP who leaves the game early in the first half and it's a 10-6 game. You've got to capitalize that on your home field. You know, if this season falls apart, you've got to look back at this and say, hey, this was a golden opportunity, completely squandered. And the home team uh, hearing it from their home crowd with the boos raining down in the second half. And I don't think that's going to be the last time this season that we hear that if it continues going at this rate. I mean, I was stunned how many people stayed. You know, and I, and I wrote in the paper, I think they stayed just because they wanted to boo. <laughs> you know? Potentially, yeah. yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm here. It's only 9 o'clock. Uh, I can hold out. I just want to boo a little bit more. And they gave Noah fan of Brock's cheer after his catch. I mean, oh, justified. But, I mean, they're picking on Bulls. They're picking on Fant. They're picking on the offense. And if they put John Elway on the big board, they're probably going to boo John Elway. So it's uh, this is a fan base that is used to success 
has been spoiled by success. And now these are hard times and they want changes and they want big changes. And Mark Kislett dropped the hammer. He wants Elway out and he wants Peyton Manning in the direct football operations. I think that's a great idea. Plenty more coverage from Kisla, O'Halloran, and myself, denverpost.com slash Broncos, and of course, in your local sports page. Again, not a whole lot to write home positive about here from Mile High tonight. 30-6, Broncos dominated by the Chiefs. Again, be sure to head online to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the club throughout the weekend and heading into the next game on the road against Indianapolis. Till next time, folks, take it easy.